If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, April 13th, 2022. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adelia Jr. Joining me is Gameonesis, a.k.a. Janet Garcia. Yo, what's good? Not much, Janet. How's it going with you? It's going all right. I mean, I just told you like a couple seconds ago, so this is the same thing you heard from me a few seconds ago, but I made this really elaborate breakfast sandwich, and but then I also made Isaiah one, so then I didn't have time to actually eat the sandwich, so it's just sitting here in front of me, inevitably going to be way worse. Uh, that's going to be so challenging that it's fine. I'm going to just hit the ad break really hard. So if I come out I'm of that. Saying, people love when we eat on content from what I people, hear. If it was content, I, if, I wouldn't mind. Like if it was like general, like, oh, we're here for like five hours. But like an hour show, like, you know, we, we got to keep up here. Up here from what I've heard, bit. people love podcasts where they're eating in the middle of the podcast. They love the chewing sounds. They love the full mouth. Right. They love all that. There's nothing like you asking me a question and then like a cool 30 seconds before I answer. Can you show the sandwich? Yeah, actually. And it's like, it's so sad because it's completely uneaten. Um, oh, I don't know. Wow. I don't know if it wow. tastes good or not. That's an impressive ass sandwich right, right there. I went in. What I, I did like when I messed up though was the timing. from somewhere, you know? Yeah, okay. that you is made that? Such a co- I made it, yeah. Yeah, it's, Holy um, shit. you know, for the audio listeners, it's uh, sourdough bread in over medium egg. It's supposed to be over medium. We'll see when I, I eventually eat it. Um, some bacon, avocado with a little bit Jesus. of lime and arugula. This looks better than sandwiches I order. What the fuck, Janet? Thank you. I appreciate that. I did, you know, shout out to, oh my God, I think it's Groundwork uh, Coffee is, I think, the name of both the coffee and the shop. It's like the one by the train station in LA, like one of the very few train stations. Um, I think it's in North Hollywood, maybe. But I went there and they had a sandwich kind of like this. So I was like, I'm going to try to make this at home, like make a version of it. So shout out to like them laying the foundation. And I don't even know if this I don't know if this ends up. Yeah. North Hollywood. Thank you, Chad. Yeah. So they have a sandwich like this. That's really good. Hopefully this is near as good. Do you need to eat in the morning? Is that a thing you do, like especially before KFGD? Um, yeah, I usually need to have at least a little bit of something. I can go on nothing if I need to. But usually I'll try to get like, you know, an angle waffle in a pinch let's not reopen that can of worms you know a banana just something like a, a cliff bar just a little something and then the big thing i've noticed is i really need to eat lunch even if i'm not hungry because i'll just get like super hungry if i skip it so mm. everything's pushed back now but that's that's my day how's your day i've been trying to figure out like if i need to adjust my routine because as you know i've been doing more ring fit and like yeah. i mean both me and roger have been doing it and you'll probably hear more about that from us because we're working on a possible video detailing our ring fit journey but I think that we were going back and forth on that he was talking about for his, his himself is that like he's adjust, he's adjusting his eating patterns like he's trying to eat healthier he's trying to not drink as much and I'm like okay I'm not gonna follow you on the not drinking as much thing Roger all right you know me but also like I've been having the idea of man maybe I should be eating way better because like it's not that I uh, I was gonna say it's not that I eat terribly I do eat terribly I do eat terribly um, but like I like to think that I get in all the food groups when I try right like when I'm door dashing I am trying to be conscious about like. All right, man. Maybe I should get some like a little bit of green in there. You know, get some get some protein in there. Get all get some eggs in there. Whatever I need to like make sure that I'm covered on 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 all parts. Um, but what I was thinking about this morning specifically was, 
I do a Starbucks run before KFGD. That's what mm -hmm. I like part of my morning ritual, especially if I'm hosting, right? Like I get my small iced coffee. I usually get nice. a warmed up butter croissant. Uh, and like the methodology behind that is the fact that like, it's really hard for me to eat before like 11 a.m., even like 12 a.m. or 12 p.m., 12 noon. It's hard for me to like actually eat food. And croissants are like one of the few things where I'm like, all right, this is light enough to where I can eat it without problem. But then also it'll have me full enough to where I'm not feeling super hungry by the end of a KFGD or by the middle of a Twitch stream. And so yeah, that's, that's also, my go-to. That's also a classic one that I do. You know, I could do like a, you know, concha or like some pastry. We just got a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts yesterday. So like the, the apartment's like in its peak form. Like I bought some Cosmo brownies. Like I got everything I need here. Um, yeah, yeah, normally I would try to eat a breakfast if I can. Um, sometimes I don't have time or I'm not in the mood, but yeah, I can eat in the morning. Um, the, problem I, the problem I have now is that as I was ordering my croissant <laughs> from Starbucks today, I had the thought, I had a it. flashback to watch it. What was that? They dropped it. No, they didn't drop it. No, no, no. Um, there was a deal, though. There's like a deal going on in my Starbucks. It's like $5 for espresso in a, in a, in a pastry. It's great. Um, no, the thing I had was a flashback to watching Scott Pilgrim in the scene where he's like, bread makes you fat. And I was like, oh, man, should I be eating bread you know, for, for bread breakfast me fat? You're fine. every single day? Yeah. You like, am I counteracting all the ab workouts that I'm doing in Ring Fit by eating all this bread? Because you know I want to have a six pack. Here's I want to like... I want to look ripped. Here's the thing. And obviously we have to get to the show at some point, but mm -hmm. what think about what ring would tell you, right? One thing I like about ring fit adventure is like, it's, really like nicely held conscious like it's not like judgy or weird and like ring would you know they give you like the little tips in between and rings the character of like the game like he's the freaking ring right and he'll just be like oh like make sure are you how are you feeling today like one time i was even asked like are you hungry and they're like make sure you're not working out on an empty stomach like it's okay mm -hmm. to do this so like you know i think ring would totally let you have that croissant ring would say have whatever ring you need would, to sure. make your body feel good and energized to get through your day that's what ring would say but like, should I listen to everything Ring tells me? Because Ring yeah, is Ring very is nice. awesome. Ring is like supportive, like knows how to push you, but also won't like push you off the edge. Yeah, trust in Ring. Follow the Ring, man. All right, I'm gonna follow the Ring. But Janet, enough about Ring. Let's talk about today's stories, which include: Is Breath of the Wild 2 actually next gen? What is Bandai Namco remaking for Nintendo? And more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you there's a new kind of funny podcast up right now and it's a farewell and remembrance of portillo you can watch that right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny and on podcast services around the globe thank you to our patreon producer Fargo Brady, Pranksy, and Anonymous. Today we're brought to you by MeUndies and MapleStory, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We have six stories today. A Baker's Dozen! Starting with our number one. Janet Barrett, is Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 actually next gen i'm pulling from logan plant at ign and this is a, this is one that people were having a field day with yesterday and i want us to talk about it because i think it's fascinating uh logan's article reads like this 
Will The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 launch on a yet-to-be-revealed Nintendo console? Some tech experts are theorizing that that could be the case based on The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2's most recent round of footage. Over on Digital Foundry, first reported by GamesRadar, Richard Ledbetter, John Linneman, and Alex Battaglia dissected the most recent Breath of the Wild 2 footage, pointing out a couple of details that suggest the next big Zelda game might be too big to perform on the current Switch hardware. Quote, this trailer was interesting because the image quality seemed quite good, I think, Linneman said. Linneman continues, quote, I was a little bit surprised by how sharp and clear this looked compared to the original in general, end quote. Bataglia dove into specifics, saying that the volumetric clouds present in the footage would be hard for the current 2017 Switch to pull off, while camera cuts with perfect anti-aliasing are something even the Xbox Series X struggles with. Quote, it could be the next Switch. It could be that they rendered out a trailer on higher resolution and higher settings, Bataglia said. However, the guys were quick to point out that Nintendo generally doesn't release trailers at a higher quality than the final product, with one exception being the draw distance from the original Breath of the Wild. Switch Pro rumors have been swirling on the internet for years. Still, since the original Switch launched in 2017, Nintendo has not released a more powerful model of the console. The biggest update came with the with uh, last October's Switch OLED model, which served as an upgrade for players who primarily use handheld or tabletop mode. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 was recently delayed to spring 2023. When announcing the delay, Zelda producer A.G. Aonuma said, quote, In order to, to make this game's experience something special, the entire development team is continuing to work diligently on this game, so please wait a while longer. Janet, what are your thoughts? Do you think Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 could possibly be for next-gen Switch? I mean, I think anything is possible, so to answer that question... Yes, but like if I had to guess, like if I had to pick, I would say no. Um, just because I don't know, I just don't get the sense that they're ready to move on from the Switch yet. Um, but like nothing that Nintendo does would surprise me. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we got a new thing next year or like five years from now. I'm also trying to get a sense of the cadence in which they release like pillar consoles because obviously like Nintendo is kind of the OG of, iter of iterations I think that's that's the mm -hmm. thing like I feel like a lot of our conversation with like iterative consoles like people think of like you know the slim models of things and like plenty of like companies have done different models of things but I feel like Nintendo has been doing it for so long since forever I mean my first console ever was one of their like iterative consoles it was the SNES Junior uh, console that almost no one had because it came out like one or two years into the N64 and it's like why are you releasing this and it's for people like me I guess and my family um, but looking back, like Wii U launch, I believe that was 06. Wii U was 2012. Or original Wii was, Origi was Original yeah. Wii, sorry. Yeah, original Wii was 2006. That'd be a really weird timeline if it was the opposite. <laughs> um, the Wii U was 2012. Like, I, it's not an insane amount of time for them to release something new. Yes, the SNES Junior. I, and this yeah, is, it's up. okay, so like, for y'all like listening, like it's the SNES Junior is incredibly like smooth in design. And for those who can see, this is what I thought the SNES looked like just straight up for the lot for a while because I didn't realize it was like a different version. So now when I see the actual SNES, it looks weird to me because I'm used to seeing the junior one in Jan, my mind. You a memory for me because I think I had blocked out the SNES Junior from my memory. And so like I definitely went to people's houses who had this exact console yeah, and I didn't register that it was different. Yes, yeah, it is. I forgot what about it is different. I'm sure like people in the chat offhand have that stuff I mean, I'm memorized. Sure it's just smaller, but, right? Uh, some well, the thing is sometimes like a lot of times Nintendo can release like these semi like nerfed versions. So I don't know if there's anything like 
mm. worse about it. I think it is maybe just smaller, but I, I, I just can't remember offhand what made it different. It doesn't, um, it doesn't look dimensionally smaller, but like the button, uh, you know, the buttons seem a little more easier for like kids to understand with the whole like on the original <laughs> SNES, right? You had like the two rectangles that you kind of had to like push a little bit. Whereas yeah. like this is just like you, you have the power on off and then you have the button that just uh, resets and then yeah it just seems to be smooth yeah i think it's missing some elements of things i think chat's mentioning like some some games won't play on it but you know i only had like two games anyway but back to the original question i feel like the thing is weird too is zelda has such a history of being like one foot in two generations that it definitely wouldn't surprise me but i don't think based on just looking at this trailer it's automatically like clearly this looks so good that the switch could never um or that For they're sure. not just uprising it but what do you think what's your read on this i mean i think you bring up a good point looking at the cadence of their console release and i'm i'm with you that the trailer alone doesn't sell me, right? I, I, I do think that it's not... It's, it, I, I do think I could see Nintendo putting out a trailer that is above specs just for a, hey, let's just showcase what, what our vision for this thing is, even if when they, when they put out the, the, the final game, it might still look like the original Breath of the Wild, which I'm sure people at this point know what that looks like. That's not going to be a thing that people get in their hands and go, oh, man, this isn't what I expected. This isn't what I want. It's like you played Breath of the Wild 1. You probably know how Breath of the Wild 2 looks like if Breath of the Wild 2 is a indeed a current Switch game. I think looking at the cadence of consoles, the question that is brought up by Digital Foundry here based on this trailer, I think becomes more interesting because when you're talking about you know, original Wii, 2006, Wii U, 2012, right? Like that that six-year, six-year? Yeah, six-year gap right there, right? Going from that into the Switch release in 2017, right? You got another five years there. And of course, Wii U wasn't a successful console. And so it makes sense that they would want to uh, speed things up in terms of that console lifecycle. We're getting to the point now where I think something is on the horizon in terms of whether it is a Switch iteration or a next-gen leap, I'm, I'm more on the side of Switch iteration because the Switch is so successful, and I think they can pump those numbers up and continue to milk the, the Switch for, for what it's worth. Um, when you're talking about iterative uh, uh, installments into the into consoles, right? Like, again, Switch 2017, it was two years later that we got the Switch Lite. That was 2019. Two years later after that, we got the Switch OLED. That was 2021. Next year is 2023, and I could easily see right now Zelda is slated for spring 2023, and usually these things come in fall, um, except for the, the 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 original Switch launch, which was spring. I could see like a Switch Pro, maybe it's not called a Switch Pro, maybe it is just another Switch like iteration, Super Switch. I could see another iteration coming in 2023 if they keep this keep the same same cadence. And if that's the case, if I'm Nintendo, I am like. Yo, why not launch our biggest game of the year, which will be Zelda Breath of the Wild 2? Why not launch that with a new console? That's going to help sell and push that thing. Yeah, I feel like we'll have a little bit of a better sense after the summer where there are like, you know, a lot of announcements and things that pop up. Because I'm also wondering like what the marketing cycle, if they are going to do a new SKU, would look like. I don't remember offhand what it was for the Switch Lite. But for the OLED, I believe there was a three month gap from the announcement to the actual like this thing is launched. Like it was announced, I think, in July and launched in October because, um, you know, I yeah, like because it, it, like they still need to like market it for a little bit before they actually like put it out there. And then they also need like oh, there's so many things that are just up in the air because they also need the release date for, you know, Breath of the Wild 2. I don't know if that'd be like a bundled announcement thing. And finally, that would be the one good Nintendo Direct because there hasn't been. A really good, you know, people always ask like, hey, what the last it one's take pretty for... good. <laughs> we got Mario Strikers. Mm, 
And Nintendo on, Switch man. Sports. Mario Striker, bro. And Xenoblade don't... 3. That means something to somebody. Xenoblade 3, that does mean something to somebody. And I respect those people out there listening that are like, Xenoblade 3, live your truth. Go go for it, you know? But Switch Switch Sports and Mario Strikers, come on. Like, those are not going to be... You're not picking that up in your draft. Like, let's just be honest. Well, what am I... I'm not... I'm barely picking up any Nintendo but, games but, in my draft. <laughs> And, like, that, is, and that speaks volumes for the lack of output that we've seen in terms of like. But that's not. A, that's not. That, see, that's not on. I don't think that's on output. That's more so on what my expectations are for like the tier of Nintendo games. Where if they announce Mario yeah, Odyssey, if they announce a Zelda, Kirby I'm picking something, right? Yeah, was I, I kind of picked Kirby. That which was worked, such an insane pick. I was anyway, but which worked against my favor. Uh, this is to my point, right? Like that worked against my favor, but that so you can't that assess is, talent is what we've learned from this, which is why you think Mario Strikers is fire. No, Mario Strikers is going to be fire because I'm going to have fun playing it. In the same way that I played, I had fun playing Mario Golf. I'm not picking Mario Golf in my draft. I'm not picking Mario Party in my draft. These are games that I plan to have fun with. But it's a game that I plan to have fun with because it's Nintendo and it's because it's nostalgic and fun for multiplayer is different from something that I would pick in a fantasy draft based on Metacritic. Okay, if you, had I think these are two separate things. You got to put five dollars on the line. Is Breath of the Wild two like I'm, you know, is it going to be on whatever the next queue of the switches? Like, is it going to be? A new I'm not. I'm, I'm not ready to say either way. I'm. What I will say is you that I would not be surprised. You have to put the five dollars down. You have to do it. If I had to put the five dollars, yes. five dollars down, then I would say yes. Okay. But like, okay. I but I'm, again, I, I'm not putting the five dollars down. I'm still in the place of I can see it either way. Um, on, they're five hypothetical dollars. What are you afraid to lose? Because I don't. I, I don't want to make it seem like I am 100. percent Because people will take this and run it out. Run it places, right? People will be like, "Oh, bless said that it's coming for sure," and I'm like, "I didn't say that." Janet made me uh, pick a side. <laughs> if I had to pick a side, then yeah, but I'm not yeah, going to pick like a side a because I, more, I don't know. Have, have I don't fun know. with it, right? It's the morning time. We're getting into the flow. Like, it's not a big deal. It's not real. For it's sure. Fine. For sure. But, like, here's my thing, right? Like, I think you, make the good, you made the good point earlier, too, of Zelda, known for the cross uh, cross release between two platforms, right? Like, Zelda, Zelda Twilight Princess came out on Wii and on GameCube. Uh, uh, Breath of the Wild 1 came out on Switch and on Wii U, right? Like, it is that game, and it is one that. I think Nintendo views as like a very big uh, uh, chess piece, right? In terms of their strategy and in terms of how they want to release their next thing. I would be shocked if we get a Nintendo console next year and it doesn't have Zelda releasing alongside it. I don't think we get a console next year. Um, and I, honestly, what you just said uh, kind of makes me think uh, even more so that like uh, yesterday there was a news uh, item about Nintendo, you know, expanding its corporate office or something like that. They said that the, the Nintendo Switch is still in the middle of its life cycle. Um, that doesn't mean that there can't be, like, other other iterations, like we're speculating, whether it's a Sw- uh, Switch Pro or whatever, what have you. Um, I do wonder if the reason why this looks a little better is because they're able to, like, actually make it for the Switch rather than, you know, make it for the Wii U for the longest time and then port it over to Switch. Um, that's a speculation, though. I don't know yeah. how video games oh, yeah. are, are that's another, working that's another one made I made and stuff like. Too, but yeah. that's like an, that's another aspect where I'm like, hmm, maybe, maybe it's just maybe it's just the game. I I don't know why I have doubts that a, a new uh, console iteration is coming out next year. But when you I say new doubts. console iteration, are you talking about Ooh. like a upgraded Switch? Or are you talking upgraded about like, no? There's no way they're leaving the Switch family too, for like at yeah. least another five years. As far as like an upgraded version, it's pretty rare. And I know everyone's gonna come up with their examples, which bring them because you know I'd like to you know really make a comparison point. It is very rare for Nintendo to release an iterative version of their console that is. Better, just straight up better. No caveats better than what their base thing is. What about the, the latest the 3DS? New Nintendo, the new Nintendo 3DS is the only one I can think of that is just like, oh, this is just just better. Maybe like the DS Lite, I think, didn't have any. 
additional things. Mm -hmm. Like I just generally, especially like home consoles too. You think of their like yeah handheld line, which I know people are gonna argue. Well, the Switch is both a handheld and like a in a in like you know a home console. But if you think of their home console stuff, usually they don't iterate in a way that's just straight up better. So yeah. I, and I, like the times that they've tried, they've that stuff hasn't come out right. Like I think of the the N sixty four that was supposed to have a disc the uh, disc drive in it, right? Like. They concepted that that didn't come out in full release, right? Like every time they tried that, it's just not worked out for them because Nintendo. Yeah, again, is Chad has like portable stuff, like hand, but like this is not singularly a handheld console. And if you had to put it in a bucket, you would put it in mainline consoles. You would not put it in a handheld bucket. The, so. the rebuttal I would give to that is that I think right now is the most behind Nintendo has been technologically compared to the competition. Mm -hmm. And Nintendo, of course, is the company that when they're sell when Nintendo sells their consoles, it is about. The first party stuff it is but you are buying a switch to play zelda you're buying a switch to play mario you're buying a switch not for third party necessarily that said when i play my ps5 when i play my xbox series x and i am playing these next gen or current gen games now i then switch back to my switch and i go "Ugh, this is ugly like this looks gross right and i'm sure even for third party stuff there are quite a few developers that probably go uh, like, I don't know if I want to port this thing to Switch because it's going to take a lot of uh, uh, down-resing. I'm going to down-resing, I assume, is the opposite of up-resing, right? It's going to take a lot of down-resing. It's going to take a lot of caveats to make this thing run in a way that makes it feasible and is probably not worth it for us, right? I think on multiple levels, I can I can see them putting out a Switch Pro and it making sense for where they're at in the market right now. Yeah, I hope they do. And it, just to, like, you know, end it with, like, the... The, the question the article you know poses which is is Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 actually next gen uh, I would say in terms of it literally being like the next generation of Nintendo I would I would be shocked at that like the I'd still be surprised if it was like Switch Pro or something but like the idea of it being next gen would be it's a whole different you know piece of hardware like you have the switch and then you have the switch too kind of thing like that would surprise me because I feel like even though there are a lot of problems in terms of you know fidelity and the classic third-party support that nintendo's never had that we asked for every single generation and always had the conversation like there's plenty of you know room for growth but overall i do think the switch is really successful so i would be surprised for them to move on to like a literal like their next generation like i don't I, think that's gonna happen but i think i think it's plausible if they treat it as a halfway i think they can have i think they can have their cake and eat it too if it is something that is called again like a super switch or a switch Two. like them talking about them being in the middle of the switch uh life cycle I don't necessarily disc think discounts them from jumping into the, ne the next quote unquote next generation of the Nintendo Switch while still keeping the name the name of the Nintendo Switch and still keeping the backwards compatibility. It could even be the same UI, right? Like, I think they could keep all that stuff and still call it the next gen of Switch and then have it be the thing of everybody that still has a Switch, the blessings of the world, the Janets of the world, right? Us all here, everybody watching, listening to the show goes and buys it because they understand that oh, this is the next gen? Cool, let's jump into it. Meanwhile, the people that don't have one, like the few people that don't have one, still buy in because it is still called the Switch, right? You don't, like by keeping it backwards compatible and keeping that that, that same library in, in, uh, intact, right? You still have so many people jump into the older versions in the same way that you have the, the Switch OLED and the Switch Lite. Like, I think that just transitions forward a step and becomes this super Switch in the Switch OLED uh, uh, type thing. But I'll be shocked if we don't see some sort of Nintendo hardware next year. And that's not necessarily like, next gen per se even if it is something that is like a switch oled that is like a hey here's a new way to interact with the switch here's a switch completely home console that is 4k or something or like here is a switch with an even better screen right like i think no matter what we see some form of hardware by the end of 2023 just because i think that is their cadence that is what they like to do uh and that is what they've done with like previous hardware including especially their handheld stuff which 
Switch fits in with. And so we shall see about that. But for now, I want to keep on with the Nintendo talk with story number two. Bandai Namco appears to be making an HD remaster of a Nintendo game. This is Chris Skolian at Video Games Chronicle. Bandai Namco appears to be working on an HD remaster of a Nintendo game according to new job listings. The listings, which appear on Bandai Namco's Japanese recruitment page, suggest that Nintendo has commissioned the company to give a modern upgrade to one of its older polygonal titles. One of the listings for a 3D action game designer states, quote, You will work as a planner and developer for a 3D action game project commissioned by Nintendo, end quote. A second listing for a 3D action game background artist is described as a, quote, visual artist position for a 3D action game project commissioned by Nintendo, end quote. However, a third listing then refers to a 3D action game background HD remaster role uh, described as a, quote, visual artist position for a 3D action game project commissioned by Nintendo, uh, specializing in HD remastering of 3D backgrounds, end quote. Among the duties listed in this HD remaster role are the, quote, remastering of deformed 3D backgrounds, the porting of existing 3D background data, and the incorporation of data in the in-house game engines, end quote. These duties suggest that the successful candidate will be responsible for handling 3D background assets that that had already been created for a game released on a previous Nintendo system and remastering them for an upcoming Switch game. Bandai Namco has enjoyed a close relationship with Nintendo for some time now and has worked with the company on previous games involving its most popular IPs. In the past, Nintendo and Bandai Namco have worked together on the likes of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, New Pokemon Snap, Mario Kart Tour, Pokken Tournament, uh, ARMS, and Mario Sports Superstars. Bandai Namco also produced approximately half of the visual assets for courses, characters, and machine parts in Mario Kart 8. Janet Garcia, what is Bandai Namco doing? Uh, I don't know, but I can't get over Barrett pulling up uh, Donkey Kong 64, which would be, I think, like... 3D action game, you know, bless. The most... I mean, you're not, you are not wrong in that sense. That is not what I... I don't know what it is. That's not what I think it is, but that would be, like, the memeiest thing that could happen, I think, in mm. on the internet. So now I kind of want that to be the case. Um, but, I mean... I don't know. I'm always a little skeptical of like these HD remasters too on like how good they're actually like going to be since they're not remakes. Like I think it is inherently like a little bit limiting in terms of, you know, bringing it into the modern era. Like a coat of paint is a lot and obviously it's more work than just doing that. But um, yeah, I'm wondering what would, what do I feel like I need that wouldn't be a remake? And I kind of struggle to think of what the title that would be. Uh, what about you? Do you have something on your, on your wish list for this? On my wish list, yeah. Like on my on my what I think this is, I will I'm never gonna get a remastered slash remade Donkey Kong 64. I've i I'm not even hoping for that. Um I think I could see this being Mario Kart 8 DLC. You know, like they're gonna be working on that for yeah, that the makes next more sense. was it like year or two they're they're putting out Mario mm-hmm. Kart DLC and Bandai Namco has worked on them for Mario Kart specifically, right? The article points out that they they produced approximately half of the visual assets for the courses, and so like if all the Mario Kart DLC is going to be previous stuff, remastered, remade, all this, then, like, I think it makes a lot of sense to work with Bandai Namco to make that happen. Um, I could also see it being stuff uh, uh, that we've seen on, like, we, we've seen Nintendo remaster and port a lot of Wii U titles. And I think we've kind of gotten to the end of the line with that. But I don't think that means the end for Nintendo porting things. There is now the 3DS, which they've pretty much stopped supporting, right? There are so many 3DS games that I could see. I could I could see people making the case for, hey, why not why not make a, a Switch version of this, right? Like even even 
even the the 3ds version of old games like what if you were to take the ocarina of time 3ds version and remaster slash remade that version and put it on switch in a way that was what's the playable and acceptable the on switch 64 um expansion pass is my question do you do you think like they're gonna remaster stuff for the expansion pass for an n64 well, no. Why would you or, do the? Why would you remaster the 3DS version of Ocarina of Time when Ocarina oh, of Time see, is already on the Switch? You know. That's well, don't point. they have though? Um, and uh, correct me, aren't there games that are on the expansion pass that you could also like the Mario All Star? Yeah, thing like came I mean, out? yeah, you, you, you they have Mario before. 64. Yeah, like I don't think that's outside. The, again, we're talking yeah. about Nintendo. Weird Nintendo decisions. Right. Like I don't think that, and I think people enough people would consider those things different enough. Like I would like the option to play the OG S four Ocarina of Time and I know a lot the, of people the three DS version. That and by a lot of people, I feel like it's just, it might just be Casey Defridas. Shout out to Casey over at IGN, um, who like have some beef with like those versions too, like those newer versions in terms of I think her beef was like something about the swimming and how that controls. Majora's so, like, Mask has some like weird, especially in like the swamp area of Majora's yeah, Mask. Yeah, I might be, like, I might be thinking shit. of Majora's then for her. But yeah, like there have they are not like uncontested, like this is the best way to play this thing. Um yeah. and I think op- in general options are better. Like I don't necessarily mind the double dip as much, um, you know, if I'm already getting them through like the expansion pass and then I have like the option to do purchase or whatever. Um, it'd actually be kind of cool if there were like, I think more of that. I think so often like people put out a new version of an old game and they're like, well, this is the version, you know, we saw that kind of like uh, be an issue with the GTA like collection as well of like deciding what is definitive and what isn't um, rather than letting the audience have the autonomy to make those kind of purchasing decisions. Um, well, Curry Planet Robot would be dope. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. The 3DS has a great library, so I think that yeah, is a really good I, one to point to. But. And I bring up Ocarina of Time, not necessarily for like the it being like a classic NXT4 game, more so for the idea of there's so much left on the table in terms of them porting things, right? And I think now that we've gotten so many of the Wii U games ported and now that we're a bit far ahead of the 3DS now, I think that becomes a well of like, Oh shit! We can port a bunch of the stuff to Switch in the way that we ported a bunch of a, a bunch of Wii U games, right? Like, not only is it Ocarina of Time, but it is like Zelda: Link Between Worlds, right? There's like the Fire Emblem games on 3DS. You could do Super Mario 3D Land, right? We got the 3D World port from from uh, Wii U, right? Like, why not do that? You have like even like things like Samus Returns or Kid Icarus Uprising, right? Like, there's so many games on 3DS. If you wanted to to go down that 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 path and port those. I think the money for for the way Nintendo thinks and the way Nintendo goes about things, I don't think that's out, outside the realm of possibility. And I think the money kind of prints itself. It would be um, so cool go, to have like a 3DS section of like the Nintendo online thing. By the way, I don't know if I told you this on content, but I am now in the full on. I have like Nintendo online plus plus or whatever it's called. The expansion pass. Mm-hmm. I, I have that now. So I, I finally like yeah, I finally caved after you gave me all just that like shit. myself. Just like myself. I will I say, though, well. I will say, though. I put that on my brother, which I, I had to. I forced him to have to be the one to cave. Like one day, he just. I think it was, it was F Zero that broke him because he loves F Zero and like so do I. Who doesn't love F Zero? F Zero is great. Um, he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. And then you know, I gave him like however much money, and he's like, man, they take the money immediately too, and then they say they refund you, but it's like, why do you do it that way? You know. Anyway, but we're in there now. I'm driving. I'm in Paris. You know, like it's a, it's it's a good time. But yeah, um, I'm now there. So we'll after, see what again, happens. After you gave me all that shit. When they when they when they first put it out, and you're like, oh I mean, man, all you, that shit, you're gonna was, pay for I, the I expansion pass. Still valid, you know? It's yeah, still I not mean, I still great. think I have the same criticisms. I just now also have the product, but yeah, I mean, I still think there's like a bunch. Of, fair, I also had the same criticisms. I just yeah. bought the product. Yeah, I mean that's fine. I mean it's like it's your purchase. Like I don't, I don't really. I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> you're in the same boat as me now. All right. 
Yeah, but Past Janet would be upset with current Janet is all I'm saying. I don't think so. I think even then I literally said at one point I probably will cave, but I'm going to hold out as long mm. as I can because I don't think mm. this is worth the money, um, which was before also the Mario Kart stuff came out, which is still like kind of infuriating in a couple of ways, but that is what it is. This is the life we live in. So if you want to be in Paris, you got to pay the money. And I'm like, all right, you know, is this the eighth time I'm buying this game in some form? Yes. Did I pay for the DLC? Yes. Then I didn't get the DL deluxe version with the DLC. Is the deluxe version also still now incomplete because you added more stuff and then you made me pay for that? Yes. You know, and that's it. Janet, I want to hop out of Nintendo World and hop into PlayStation Land with story number three. But before I do, I want to let everybody out there know that you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by me undies. I love me undies. You guys have heard me talk about me undies for years at this point. I'm always wearing the me undies shirt, the me undies lounge pants, the me undies undies, the me undies socks. I can go on and on and on. If me undies putting out a product, chances are Tim Gettys is wearing them. The me undies membership is literally designed to make your life easier with free shipping and returns on every order, savings on virtually everything they make, exclusive sales and early access to their newest stuff. There's kind of no reason not to join. Get super soft undies, bralettes, or socks shipped directly to your door and live a more comfortable life knowing you always have what you need at your fingertips when you step out of the shower. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you. Any first-time purchasers, you can get 15% off. For a limited time, if you sign up for their free-to-join MeUndies membership, you can get 25% off your first membership item. To get 25% off your first membership item or 15% off your first order and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kinda funny. That's MeUndies.com slash kinda funny. Funny. Shout out to Maple Story for sponsoring this episode. After 17 years of rich MMO gameplay wrapped in a unique 2D side scroller, Maple Story is ready to proudly lean into its cute pixelated aesthetic. The aggressively cute campaign aims to showcase the unexpected juxtaposition of cuddly smiley characters with rich multi-layered MMO gameplay. The campaign focuses on telling a story of immense character customization, a vast array of weapons and mounts to choose from, a seemingly endless horizon of lands to explore and battle all while dealing huge amounts of damage to monsters of all shapes and sizes. I know a lot of people out there love Maple Stories. Hey, come check out this armed and adorable campaign. This is your world. With over 40 classes and thousands of cosmetic customization options, you can play how you want. And there's just so much good stuff. 18 years of content, no signs of slowing means you'll never get bored. You can go to maplestory.nexon.net. That's maplestory.nexon.net for more, or you can just click the link in the description. Jenna, how was the sandwich? It was pretty, it was actually really good. I feel like, I mean, I think avocado can carry just about any meal. Um, but yeah, I think it was, it came out good. Obviously it's a bit cold now, so I don't mm -hmm. know what it tastes like fresh, but the only thing I want to do differently for next time is I didn't really nail the over medium egg. I really usually just do over easy or like over hard. So like I, it wasn't quite yolky It's hard enough. to hit that, that nice medium. Yeah. Like, and I, you know, I Googled it before as one does, like how to cook over medium. I hate Googling these really basic things, but like I never remember. And I think I just went like maybe one minute over um, for the record. I know some of y'all are impressed with my sandwich eating skills, but I actually only got like halfway or like two thirds through like one of the halves, but you know, enough to, to feel like I made a little dead. I did so. have to tell her at one point to like slow down. Cause I didn't want her to choke in the middle of that ad read. Cause that would, which like, been come bad. on Barrett, you gotta think about the, the, the content. 
Yeah, <laughs> we we cut back okay. my no, I, I think that's a TOS on Twitch. Like, I'm gonna be honest, so no, I, I, I'm not I gonna like think I of the was, content there. I felt like I was in like you know, it was like really a performance run because I was like, what do we got? I'm like two minutes on the clock. Okay, you know, I was halfway through. You know, I put put you know, having done the marathon we, and everything. I was gonna say, Janice, no for marathons. Like let's 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 finally do a sprint. I was sandwich. like, you know what? Actually, it's my next day. I'm doing a 5K in the fall. I'm gonna try to PR for the 5K. Yeah. So. We'll see how it does goes. this does the ring fit help you out for that? Like, does it help your conditioning mm -hmm. for stuff like that? No, I don't think so. The only reason I'm doing ring fit now is because I just want to work on kind of my more overall fitness. You know, like I, I spent especially the lot the months leading up to the marathon, I was all in on running. I didn't do anything else. I, I got an injury at one point, so I had to recover from that. So I uh, really just you know skating, walking, trying to um, get more upper body strength because I have I'm very weak. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Are you playing? Are you playing your ring fit in silent mode or loud mode? Because like I've been playing in I silent played in mode. Loud mode. Honestly, it's not that loud. Your neighbors will be fine. Like I, I just, I mean, I just prefer it that way. I don't think the running though, like running in ring fit, is not what it's like running in real life because you wouldn't, mm -hmm. you know, be holding the ring. Um, and the way it tracks it is like, I don't know. It's like not. It's like hard it, to it, get the it's, speed. It's in. like it's like your uh, the the workout videos that your grandma uses to like kind of like you know stay a little limber you know yeah and in general running in place is like not the best exercise yeah. method Which I, is, I mean like. that's why i ask because like i'm doing in silent mode it has you do like the squats in order to run forward as opposed to running in place and i yeah. can't imagine running in place being a, a bigger workout than the squats the squats be killing oh me, yeah Janet. but i feel like i like the running in place because like i don't want to have to also do the squats like i'd rather just yeah. like maybe get further in the levels and stuff but like I'm, I'm like tempted to switch it off silent mode, even though I live on the top floor. If because I am do, like, I'm tired of these squats. If y'all end up doing um, a review, let me know because I'd be in on that. I'm like pretty far into the game. Ooh, I'll let you know, Janet. For now, let me tell you about Oddworld Soulstorm story number three. Oddworld Soulstorm's director claims that their PS Plus deal was devastating. Uh, this is Re Rebecca Smith at PlayStation Lifestyle. PlayStation Plus can be extremely beneficial beneficial for some games, drastically increasing their player base. For others, the effect isn't so positive. Oddworld inhabitants Lauren Lanning has explained how the PS Plus deal that offered Oddworld Soulstorm as a free game for a month was, quote, devastating. With costs rising, Oddworld inhabitants was looking for extra financial help. Sony offered the studio a deal to put out Oddworld Soulstorm on PlayStation Plus as a free game for one month in exchange for an undisclosed fixed sum of money. At this point, the game was due, due to come out in January 2021, when supply issues would have meant that there weren't many PS5 consoles in the hands of gamers. As studio head Lauren Lanning told Xbox Expansion Pass, the developers estimated they would sell a maximum of 100,000 units at launch, although 50,000 was a more probable number. The money they would receive from the deal was more than they would, uh, would make through, uh, through those sales. The problem started soon after the deal was signed. The COVID-19 pandemic forced the studio to work from home, and this delayed the game to a new release date in April 2021. This also gave three extra months for PS5 consoles to enter the market. Therefore, more players owned them uh, than previously estimated. The result was Oddworld Soulstorm became the most downloaded game on the, play on the PlayStation 5 uh, at close to 4 million copies, pretty much all for free, th all for free through PS Plus, something that was, quote, devastating for the studio. Lanning didn't detail how this affected future sales of the game on other platforms like Xbox One and Xbox Series X, but it is sure to have had some impact. Janet, what is your reaction to all this? Um, I think there's a couple layers here. One of them is that, um, yeah, I think in any of these services, in any deal, like just in general, there is no guarantee that the company, the game, the team, however you want to slice it, is better off for taking that deal. 
um, you know, and I think on that note, I, I do try to listen to like what developers have to say about like, hey, how does Game Pass work for you? How maybe does it not? Like, how can we better support developers? Like, what does that support look like? Um, however, I will say that, you know, the the four million downloads, while impressive, um, you know, that's, that was also pretty early on. I don't necessarily think that means they would have sold four billion is the, I think, key element here. And I will say, like, I don't know, in general, Oddworld Soulstorm, I don't think reviewed super favorably either. Um, so I don't think it's the um, for me, it's not the shining example of something like this, even though they they claim that those numbers have such like a big gap. Like, I don't necessarily buy that they would have had this crazy success and that, oh, they were they lost all this like great money. They left all this money on the table through PS Plus because like I downloaded, you know, even though I don't download everything on PS Plus, I actually did download Oddworld Soulstorm. Like I felt like it was one of the few kind of new games out at the time. So like I was that was definitely one that I went to download. I think in general, there is a lot of excitement over any game that is new on PS Plus because that doesn't happen all the time. But yeah, I mean, critically, it came in, you know, at like the mid 60s um, and I played a few hours and I didn't continue. So I don't necessarily it, this kind of this story kind of reminds me of like the days gone conversations we also seemed, which had kind of similar claims. But, you know, for different yeah, details, like the, the, the same thing of like, oh, yeah, we sold as much as Ghost of Tsushima. Why is Ghost celebrated while we aren't right? And there's so much more that goes into that story, especially when you bring in the idea that like, oh yeah, Days Gone was also included in PlayStation Plus collection and PS Plus and all this and, and all these other things, right? Like what are what are the stories behind the numbers as opposed to the pure numbers themselves? And I think you're spot on in terms of four million copies uh, 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 downloaded through PS Plus. I don't think means much in this scenario when you're talking about a game that came out like near the launch, I guess uh, six months after the launch, right? Of a brand new PlayStation console for free on PS Plus day and date at its release, like, of course, it's going to be redeemed a lot, right? Like, I, I don't think that's the thing that is surprising. I think pointing out the three extra months it took to develop the game and then put the game on the uh, on the store, that three extra months allowing for more PS5 consoles to enter the market, I think that is a ne negligible number. Like, I don't think it really matters that much that the, the game took the three extra months to come out. I don't think that was that was going to change much. I think the game was going to be downloaded a lot regardless. And when you're talking about Oddworld Soulstorm, right, you mentioned the, 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 the uh, Metacritic, right, in the reviews. I think... What's even more evident is like how often do you hear people talk about Oddworld Soulstorm? That game came out last year, and think about any end of the year conversation we had for anything. Oddworld Soulstorm didn't come out come up once. Even the month Oddworld Soulstorm came out, I think I maybe had like two conversations about it. Like that game wasn't really be being talked about. That game, as far as I could see, right, and this is anecdotal, right? I'm sure there's the Oddworld Soulstorm fans out there. I didn't see them, right? Like that's a game that I feel like came out and just didn't really have a splash whatsoever. And that was with it being on PS Plus. If it didn't have that splash on PS Plus, I don't think it would have had that splash if it wasn't, right? I think you would have still seen those numbers that you estimated. Uh, and with that, right? Like it seems like that deal worked out in their favor, if anything, right? Them talking about how, yeah, with our estimations, right? Like if it sold a maximum a maximum of 100k at launch, right? Um, if the more probable 50k. Us, them striking the deal with PlayStation, it seems like they paid that off. It seems like they got more than, more than that sum. And I think that's something to run away with, let alone being included in the, in the PlayStation presentation uh, for their original play, PlayStation 5 reveal, right? Like, they had a lot of stuff going for them. They had a lot of, a lot of juice in this game, more than I would have expected for an Oddworld game. Um, and yeah, I think this is just part of the process of the game not coming out or the game coming out and not hitting the way that it's also, maybe they thought they it's were going to hit. It's like also not an IP that I feel like has been 
popular for a very very long time you know like it's what like people in the chat were saying like oh like i I redeemed it i played it for 10 minutes i wouldn't have bought it someone just said like oh like my friend's dad liked this game back in the day and like that's all i know and like that's the same like i've got i know one person personally who really likes odd world and oh i don't know if it's kevin um i think kevin likes odd world okay sure the two people then and that dude is like in his 50s you know, like, I just, I don't really know where the audience for Oddworld is anymore. So the fact that, yeah, they got 4 million downloads, like, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I think their estimation of, like, how successful they would have been if they didn't do PS Plus is just, like, really weird. I just, I just had messaged Kevin to see if he liked Oddworld, so we'll wait and see on, on his response for that one. Yeah, and then uh, Chad asked, did Greg do a voice, like, acting work in this game? He did, so disclosure for that. Obviously, I think Another it's clear reason that, why it failed. I think it's clear that <laughs> we don't care about that in terms of how we talk about the game, but, you know, just put it out there. Yeah, I mean, I think for, like, final comments, um, yeah, you know, Barrett, you, you totally hit the nail on the head. Like, it's a very niche kind of cult classic that doesn't have as much love as maybe other cult classics do, just, you know, based on kind of anecdotal and just a lot of, like, I think the general perception of this game. But, yeah, I like I said, I streamed this game. Again, this is obviously very anecdotal, like, just my opinion and, like, the vibes of the day as, like, part of my best of series, like, where I just play whatever kind of is new or people are talking about or that I feel like I want to, you know, get a taste of as I make my list for the year. Um, and, you know, I wasn't a fan. I don't think it was, like, you know, horrible or anything, but I, I was not looking to you know continue with the game but i remember my audience really not being into it and they're like you know you can just stop like you don't have to keep i'm like no let's you know let's get a real feel for it. and people were not like it it did not pop off for people um something too i wish that we had more of in terms of this kind of coverage is a lot more just data and i know that data can be hard to get because yeah. you know people don't disclose it but i think there's a like a lot of questions left from this story like you know what how much money did right? How much money did they walk away with? What do they actually need to feel like they've? What number did they were they looking to hit? Like, what does success look like for them? What have sales look like after that fact? You know, is it like what? I mean, the game a successful came out, game that went it, on PS Plus. What is their? What was their experience? Right? Like, what does it look like for other games that were day and date? Like, there's so much data here that we don't have that could help color what this actually means. Yeah, yeah, and I think the data that we do have, right? Like reviews, sales stuff, right? Like. The data that we do have is pretty damning on like the performance of, of the game. And that is a game that didn't only launch on PlayStation, right? Like it came out on other platforms. And from what I can see, it seems like it didn't perform on other platforms as well either. And so like, I don't know. I take I for me, I like I do the Sherlock thing of like, hey, the the situation or the the information that's available to us, right? Like, what story does that tell? The whatever the most like um uh like obvious story is there probably is the case and it seems like for me the obvious yep. story here is that like it just it came out and it just didn't hit you also um, never hear these stories and again this, this sounds really mean but you never you rarely hear these stories with like more critically acclaimed games either like i've i feel like we haven't had those conversations and maybe we should like again that you can be successful and make a lot of profit and still be getting screwed over in your deals so you know hopefully like people are having good deals and things but i think it's the other angle of like when we try to fit this into a larger conversation, the other data doesn't line up too, right? Because the only other yeah. example we have near is like Days Gone, which also like had its own like problems in terms I of mean, there's also like Destruction All Stars, right? Which came out and didn't hit, right? And like, and, and you have the opposite stories of like Rocket League coming out and it hitting, right? Fall Guys coming out and it hitting. And I think there's a pretty clear story of the games that are good that end up on PlayStation Plus that end up as success stories and the games that aren't as good that end up on PlayStation yeah. Plus and just don't hit right and i don't necessarily think that's playstation plus's fault i'm curious to see like yo if a game that is 
a solid good, right? Like like solid good games that aren't like the the like next revolutions of like fall again, Fall Guys, Rocket League, those types of games, right? Like when you put those on PlayStation Plus, how do they perform? Those are the numbers that I am more curious about. Yeah. Because I think we're looking at very much like opposite sides of the spectrum when you're talking about Odd World, Destruction, All Stars, all these things, right? Whereas like both of us played Operation Tango, I don't think either of us would have played Operation Tango if it wasn't for PS Plus, and that is a game that I'll put at a that was a solid good time. Yeah. I would not have known about that game or bought it without PlayStation Plus, and I wonder. Like, I want to hear from a developer like that. Like, hey, did that work out for you? What did that do for your sales numbers after that? I think that would be more of the interesting, like, the, the an interesting look on, hey, how does PS Plus work and how is it beneficial for, for these types of games? For sure. Let's talk about story, story number four. Aspire is acquiring Beamdog. This is Sal Romano at Gematsu. Aspire, a wholly owned subsidiary of Embracer Group's Saber Interactive operative group, has entered into an agreement to acquire Beamdog, the company's announced Beamdog is best known for its enhanced edition uh, re-releases of Dungeons & Dragons RPGs such as Baldur's Gate and Planetscape Torment. Founded in 2009 by former Bioware leads Trent Oster and Cameron Topher, it consists of 80 artists, designers, uh, and developers. It will continue to be led by Oster after the acquisition. The studio's newly announced first-person fantasy roguelike game, Mythforce for PC, will also be published by Aspire. Beamdog CEO Trent Oster added, quote, this acquisition will open up a ton of exciting opportunities for us. Beamdog can now focus our talent, efforts, and imagination on building great game or building the great games we want to play while properly looking uh, after established fan-favorite RPGs. Beamdog's first original IP is a fun-filled start to our studio's next chapter, end quote. I think... This is exciting for the fact that the studio gets to work on more original stuff, right? Like, again, they're known for uh, uh, remasters and re-releases of things like Baldur's Gate and Planescape Torment. It was earlier this week that they announced their next game, um, uh, Myth Force. And I believe they announced it on G4, kindoffine.com, so if you're wrong, if I'm wrong about that. But I think that's where I saw it be announced. And when I tell you that, I am blown away by the announcement trailer for this game. I want to watch it live with you, Janet, here. I have Bear, uh, Bears pulled it up. Uh, Janet, are you aware of Myth Force? Have you seen anything about it? No, this is my first time really like, I mean, I kind of saw it in passing like on Twitter, but I haven't looked at the trailer yet. So Barry, hit the trailer. Again, this is a first person co-op roguelike game. The realm of Eldred is under siege by the, the trailer starting for audio listeners, right? The trailer starting off as a kid sitting in front of his TV. It's like an old CRT TV. It's like Saturday morning cartoon stuff, like 80s style cartoons. And it transitions into the first person. I like the art style. It's like very cartoony. This is our fight now. Enough waiting. Let the hunt begin. Women love reformed bad guys, right? No brute can overpower a capable mage. There's the way forward. On your guard. And like gameplay-wise, it's looking almost like a like Borderlandsy, I guess, in terms of it's a first-person game, uh, first-person yeah. action game with like a girl, very stylized. The enemy design, especially from like Tiny Tina with like the mushrooms and stuff, like it reminded yeah. me of that. And the skeletons, like, it, like it, it definitely is, is remind me of that game. Yeah, yeah, Barry, you can cut off here, but like, I watched this trailer and I was like, yo, this looks awesome, right? Like, it has a very, it has very much a Saturday morning '80s cartoon style to it. I think the art style looks really cool it's really colorful and it really pops and gameplay wise right that like reminds me of a lot of games that i enjoy i forget the name uh there's a roguelite it's the same genre right like co-op first person shooter roguelite game on pc and i can't remember the name of it kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you know what game i'm talking about i could also like look on my desktop because i think i still have it downloaded but the game looks hella cool uh i can't wait for it and I, I believe the uh early access is uh comes later this month and so like i think in about a week actually and so i'm looking looking forward to checking that out not risk of rain too chat 
we'll get there. We'll get there. During during your wrong, I'll take a look at my desktop to see what icons I have there because I know I have it downloaded. Story number five. A California lawyer has quit over an allegation that Governor Gavin Newsom meddled in the Activision case. It's a strong left turn from our from our last news story. This is reported this morning by Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg. A top lawyer for the state of California has resigned, accusing the governor's office of interfering with a discrimination lawsuit against Activision Blizzard. Melanie Proctor, the assistant chief counsel for California's D Department of Fair Employment, uh, Fair Employment and Housing, said in an email to staff Tuesday night that she was resigning to protest the fact that her boss at, at the agency, chief counsel Jeanette Whipper, had been abruptly fired by the governor. Both lawyers had already stepped down from the Activision lawsuit earlier this month without explanation. A representative for the two attorneys confirmed that Proctor had resigned and Whipper was fired. The allegation and loss of the top two lawyers on the case raises questions about the fate of the Activision lawsuit, which accuses Activision of sexual discrimination and misconduct. The case is currently pending in Los Angeles Superior Court. The lawsuit, which detailed Activision's frat boy culture, led to employee walkouts, calls for the chief executive officer to resign, condemnation from its business partners, and, uh, and a stock plunge that culminated in Microsoft's agreement earlier this year to purchase the company for $69 billion. Proctor said in an email to staff that in recent weeks, California Governor Gavin Newsom and his office, quote, began to interfere, end quote, with the Activision suit. Quote, the office, of the, the office of the governor repeatedly demanded advance notice of litigation strategy and of next, next steps in the litigation, Proctor wrote in the email, which was seen by Bloomberg. Quote, as we continue to win in state court, this interference increased, mimicking the interests of Activision's counsel, end quote. Proctor wrote that Whipper had, quote, attempted to protect the, the, the agency's independence and was abruptly terminated as a result. Quote, I hereby resign, effective April 13th, 2022, in protest of the interference of uh, Anne Jeanette's termination, Proctor wrote. Whipper is, quote, evaluating all avenues of, of legal recourse, including a claim under the California Whistleblower Protection Act, uh, said her spokeswoman, uh, Alexis Ronecker. Janet, a lot there. How do you react? Um, yeah, I mean, this is so dark. Like, literally all of these stories, like, attached to this Activision case are just a lot to, I think, process. But, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's it's given Gotham a little bit, right? Like, I think in terms of, like, corruption, uh, questionableness in terms, you know, it's, God, it's so unfortunate just how often the people that are elected to speak on behalf of the people have no seemingly no interest in supporting those people um and instead favor with you know corporations often there's like money involved like there's just i mean this does not shock me but it is i guess it, it surprises me in the sense of like how how it's hitting close to home you know in our field and like you see types of like, corruption stories like this all the time but to see it like with the activision blizzard stuff specifically it's just such an uphill battle i think getting justice in this regard and it is so difficult i think to to remain or to have any level of optimism um hearing this i guess the, maybe the, the nicest thing in the story is are the people here speaking up right getting this information out there stepping down kind of you know pro talking about what's going on and trying to get attention to it and hopefully correct what's going on here um so i guess that's probably the only positive element of this story um but yeah what about you what's your read on everything yeah i mean it's i mean you know, this goes way beyond what, like, I think many of us would have thought. But again, like, not, not necessarily surprised by it, right? Like, the more and more we get information out of this story, especially within the last, 
wow, almost like a year at this point, right? Like we're about like, August isn't too far away, right? This has been going on for a while, and I feel like the the story gets crazier and crazier. And you mentioned that like this reminds you of Gotham for you, it reminds you of House of Cards in like the worst ways of wow, this really goes all the way to the top, right? Like Governor Gavin Newsom fighting for Activision in this in, in, in this case, going all the way, uh, allegedly going all the way to the point of like laying people off to 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 protect the interests of Activision Blizzard and probably the money that they make there, right? Like, it's all terrible. Uh, like you, you know, I'm glad that people are speaking up about it. I'm glad that Jason Schreier was able to like report about it, right? I'm glad this information is coming out, but it's a lot of stuff that I don't even know what to do with this information, right? Like, it's, it, uh, it's wild, it's crazy, and like, it's another it's another like chapter i guess in that story that is activision blizzard of the last year of like all the shit that's go that goes on there and like i guess the only place i can come down is like fingers crossed that shit gets better fingers crossed that like corruption comes to the surface and that that shit is able to get snuffed out and dealt with because this is terrible not that some states like have an easy life in terms of like you know political corruption because i think there's issues literally everywhere um you know and i speak specifically with the united states because that's where i live um but i feel like blessing like coming you and i come from illinois too right like we just can't win like illinois california like it's all like these are some of the shadiest places now you, just wh like, what grade what grade you were you in when like the rod glavoyevich stuff was going on i forgot like I, literally like it's just been pain after pain and then i'm from chicago illinois specifically so like like and it's like an everything too. like our like our one reason our parking costs so much there is because like one of our mayors signed a deal with like a corrupt corporation for literally over 100 years is the deal. So I like I'm just going to be stuck with it until after I'm dead. Like I will never see the end of this thing that was signed for clearly not anyone else's benefit. But yeah, no, there's just it's it's been a lot. What if we just all move to Alaska? I'm sure Alaska doesn't have any weird political mm -hmm. shit. Nah, dude. Hey, I mean, no, they got Alaska West. too. They got Alaska. What, what's your face is from yes. fucking Alaska? Oh, Crazy Sarah Palin. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Oh god. She no wants to brag go. about how oh, she god. can see Russia. Come um, on, man. Bl blessing a Palin fan stand confirmed. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm like, if there's, if there's two things blessing love, it's a Nintendo Switch Online and Sarah Palin. God damn you. Uh, Janet, let's round this out with some levity. <laughs> a good-ish story, story number six. Sony and Nintendo are updating their subscription guidelines. This is Danielle Pardis at GamesIndustry.biz. Both Sony and Nintendo have agreed to update guidelines pertaining to their respective online subscription services following an investigation into auto-renewal practices by the Competition and Markets Authority. Sony has agreed to implement new measures for PS Plus subscribers, which includes contacting long-term customers that haven't used the service for a while to remind, to remind, remind them uh, how to cancel subscriptions. Good, good news for you, Janet. Uh, if users don't cancel the service but aren't actively using it, Sony will stop taking payments. Again, great news for you, Janet. Nintendo have also altered its business practices. It's Nintendo Switch which online service will no longer be sold with automatic renewal set as the default option. If users wish to turn it on, they will need to do so after signing up. The two platform holders follow Microsoft's agreement to change how it presents information to Game Pass subscribers. Back in January, the company pledged to new terms that clearly display information on membership, including the price, how to cancel, and how to get a refund. Janet? Why are you picking on me? I, you're the only person I know who like has PS Plus and just doesn't use any of the features. I, I download plenty of stuff Not on PS one Plus. Feature. I downloaded Oddworld Soulstorm, okay? I was one of the four million um, here carrying this team. Um, yeah, I mean, this is great. Like, I think in general, you know, you want uh, more transparency and more ease of use. I think just from, like, obviously, 
there's always that push and pull between what you want your users to do as a company and what your users want to be able to do. Um, you know, clearly, obviously, like Nintendo, Sony, Xbox, every, like everybody wants people to, to sign up and stay signed up and all of that. But at the same time, like it can be so frustrating. I think we've all had those scenarios, even outside of gaming, where you're trying to cancel something. You don't know how to do it. You got to like, you know, I've had services where they're like, you have to talk to like an automated bot. There's like, that's the only way I can get you off of this subscription. And I'm just like, okay, this doesn't need to be that complicated. So I think the fact of, you know, making it easier, um, and it, you know, it's really nice to have them do the uh, not using it thing, because I've also had that scenario where I'm like, what am I getting charged for every month that I've been getting charged for for months that this is back before I actually had a budget and kept track of, of all my purchases. But um, I've definitely had that stuff where I'm signed up for things that I forget about because it was really cheap or it automatically did the auto renew. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, this is cool. I know Jim Ryan right now is just fuming right now, right? Like he's just like in his office upset. He's like, if anything, I'm one of the like best one tier, one tier coming down. He's like, the Janet Garcia fund is over. <laughs> like she's not I'm, paying for I'm like my hot tub. I have the I have the annual. Um, you know, like if I use it, if I don't, I'm paying for it regardless. So like because I want the option to be able to go online if I need to. The one reason I really like this new story is that it's a good reminder that I need to cancel my planet fitness membership because i've had that Ooh, for like see yeah, i man. can't do planet fitness like i tried the, it the rules are too weird it's very cheap but like my gym is also very cheap because what's planet fitness like 10 bucks it's like 10 bucks a month and um, my gym's 10 bucks a month and it's not planet fitness yeah but the thing that messes up for me was like there was the i got it in like last summer and then there was the omicron variant and then i was like i'm not leaving my house for another few months and then like i just kept going and i just didn't want to go back because i just didn't i didn't enjoy planet fitness as much as i thought i was going to yeah no, planet fitness sucks like i'm sorry if you use it and you're like i this is you know hey get your exercise in however you can if that's planet fitness that is what it is i've definitely thought about signing for planet fitness because it's so cheap but yeah there someone asked in the chat like what their weird rules are like they have like a dress code like you can't have like sleeve cut off shirts you can't like be too loud when you're lifting like it's supposed you know, to be like a, a friendly environment it's like an like anti-gym gym they're like we're not yeah. here for bro culture like you know you know one time too i forgot the name of the athlete my brother would know because he told me the story there was a literally professional athlete who like he LeBron needed to get James. his workout no it wasn't lebron james but um he needed to get his workout in and so he just signed up for planet fitness you know he's rich so like who cares David planet Beckham. fitness and he got kicked out they kicked him out of the planet fitness because, because he, he was, was a famous athlete no, because he was breaking the rules. I guess he was too uh, loud, or he had. Also, you can't have a certain size water bottle. Like it can't be like too big. You know, chat no saying Kevin way. Durant, but no way they know. have a rule like that. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Your water bottle can't be too big. Yeah, like you can have something like this where I have like a was this twenty four ounce, but you can't have like the big like sixty four. Like, for audio listeners, Shannon just busted out the giant, the biggest water bottle I've ever seen in my life. This is a twenty four. What ounce. tiny ass fucking water bottles are you using? Blessing, Jesus! Look Blessing how look how big the water bottle Blessing's is compared dehydrated. to Shannon herself. That doesn't mean anything. Cause I'm small. Yeah, she's like, just tiny. Yeah, Blessing's dehydrated. Is what I learned from this. Um, but this yeah, anyway. Right but yeah, I'm I, I'm with Blink Fitness. Ten bucks a month. Tiniest water bottle I've ever seen. It's pretty small, yeah. You're palming that. You're just shit. so used also, to seeing Janice water bottles that like look like they're water bottles. No, for I'm giant used to seeing like normal water bottle sizes that you know I don't have to like get up every other sip to yeah. refill. Blessing Jesus. Maybe um, I like walking to the sink. Maybe that's part of my workout. But Barrett. I too, I too have not gone to the gym in a while, and I've been paying for it every month. But I will be back at some point. At some point. Soon. Yeah. But Janet, you going to the gym? Or you going back to the gym? It's just so far away. If true. I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. 
out today. We got Car Detailing Simulator Hell for yeah. PC. They make simulators out of everything, and I love it. Pad of Time for Switch, and then No Man's Sky's latest update called Outlaw Outlaws is out now. Uh, that comes with Outlaw Space Stations, an Outlaw Story, Smuggling, Planetary Pirate Raids, and more. Uh, we got one new date for you. This year's QuakeCon will once again be a digital-only event, and that's happening August 18th through the 20th, 2022. Janet. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong where you write in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can uh, we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, 1054 writes in and nails it. Bless, the game you're thinking about is similar to Myth Force. It's called Gunfire Reborn. Not the most memorable title. <laughs> 10, you're exactly right. It is Gunfire Reborn. I, I, I Listen, I love the game. Hate the title because I can never remember it whenever I try to think about it. Yes, Gunfire Reborn is the, is the very similar game. Uh, that is really good. It's really fun time i think it's also an early access if you want to check out gunfire reborn and then uh mr hawk says barry and janet are wrong about water bottles janet's bottle is ridiculously large and bless's bottle was just normal hashtag justice for blessing thank you mr hawks is mr hawks my house account uh hey who knows bless what's, no your, what, what's the ounce on that water bottle i don't know man i think it's fine in some context like if i was like going out mountain dew if i was going out i would <laughs> take that because it fits into I, the car I gave no holder. I gave no measurement for a Mountain Dew. I just said it's bigger than a Mountain Dew. A Mountain Dew can be anything. We're having one of those Wednesdays, Barry. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Janet, before we close out, of course, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me across the internet under the handle GameOnysis. That's game O-N-Y-S-U-S. Also, I just dropped over on my website, Pen2Pixels, my top 10 games of the year. Uh, find out what 10 games I came up with that are not Elden Ring. So, yeah, check it out. It's I took, took me forever to write. Took me forever to write. Uh, thank you. And I worked really hard on it. So stay tuned to that as it updates throughout the year. Heck yeah. Uh, tomorrow's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily are Janet and Tim. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike and Barrett playing some of that MLB The Show. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash plays. And what now? And Bully. Uh, we're starting and to stream bully. off with the reacts to uh, Stranger Things Season 4 trailer that came out yesterday. Uh, we'll be starting, uh, Mike and I will then be starting with MLB The Show and then moving on over to Bully Scholarship Edition. There you go. Remember this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. So stick around for that. Otherwise, till next time, game daily. <laughs>